Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hello. We are back with Ayers on the Road. We are so glad you joined us today. The end of summer is coming, honey. The end of summer. I, we got up the other day. We were up at Bear Lake in Idaho, and we looked out the window, and I, I swear I saw a little autumn in the air. There's something about the slant of light was just a little different, and I don't know if we're ready to bid adieu to summer and school to start and all that. This is going to be quite a week for a lot of our listeners who have children, sending them back right. to school, and for many of our grandchildren. Um, I think I am ready. I think most parents are ready <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our kids have started already. Uh, the ones in Hawaii have started. Arizona have started last week. And so... Um, By the way, that's a travesty. Schools should not start till after Labor Day. That's, that's my nice. story, and I'm sticking to it. I know, but you haven't had to do the dishes and arrange all the <laughs> field trips and all that stuff with everybody. Wait, do the dishes? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's lots of people, lots of people, especially around here. All summer, so it'll be a little okay. bit more quiet when we, when everyone goes back to school. But of course, we've loved it. We've had the greatest summer. We got a really, really interesting subject we want to talk about today. But can I just say before we start, <laughs> there are certain movies that have become classics in our family. I mean, such things as The Black Stallion and The Princess Bride. And even The Man from Snowy River. I mean, these are old movies, but our kids know them and our grandkids know them because we force them to watch. <laughs> but uh, but we saw, but well, one of our favorites is Field of Dreams, that beautiful baseball movie. And I just have to tell you, I spent last evening watching a game, a real major league game, the, the White Sox and the Yankees be played on that very field in the cornfield in Iowa. And I got to tell you, that was an awesome movie. <laughs> I mean, that was an awesome ball game. It, it was, was uh, incredible. <laughs> if you missed that, you guys ought to go back and, and watch that. Um, you know, we had some neighbors at Bear Lake who lived about a mile from that field where it was actually filmed and like two years ago he told yeah. us they were going to do this they were actually going to have a game on that field and they did it if you missed it go back and find it because it was really incredible especially if you love that movie all those players came in through those cornfields and there were more home runs than you've ever seen in a and a ball game, probably. Yeah, and I also want to tell you, we've had babies around here. We've got, we divide our grandkids into little groups as far as certain activities. So when they're when they're twelve, the group that's turned twelve that year gets to go on a motorhome trip with us, or the group that's ten. We have these little fun things we like to do with them, and and all the groups are named. And uh, the, our oldest group is called the Old Faithfuls because we took them on a motorhome trip to Yellowstone Park and on and on. I won't bore you with the details, but the youngest group, we just call them the babies for now. They haven't gotten old enough to figure out their own uh, name. But little twins, our youngest daughter has twins and they're, they're just moving to this area. So we get to spend a lot of time with them. And our youngest son has a 
cute little brand new newborn named Simon. And we've been hanging out with those babies. And by the way, Linda, we've been posting about them on Instagram. And I did want to mention to you, Ayers on the Road listeners, um, we you're invited. There's some windows of time when we invite people to get to follow us on Instagram. We only like to have 5,000 followers. We don't like it to get bigger than that because we feel like we lose touch and we can't have personal interaction. So we purge it every so often. We'll say, hey, if you're not following, if you're not, uh, if this is not relevant to you anymore, if you're not checking on this post, please uh, unfollow so we can have some more room. <laughs> well, if they're not checking on, people how in. are they going to unfollow? Well, I, hopefully, I mean, we did, we, we purged <laughs> it out. So we're down now to 4,750 or something. So Anyone who wants to can get in, get in while it's hot. Follow us is just at Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together. Richard Linda Iyer. Well, it's not that we Instagram. couldn't keep in touch with more people. It is really just that we wanted we the people that were really interested to come. Right, exactly. And it's and not we'll, like we have a personal relationship with all five. No, but we do try to, if they comment, we try to answer them. So if it was, if it was more than 5,000, we couldn't do it. Anyway, you're invited. Join us on Instagram. <laughs> Also, there's a connection with this podcast because we usually post about whatever we've talked about that week. And then on Sundays, my favorite day to post, we put a little meditation on on Christ, on thinking more about the Savior. We did remember when we first started that, Linda, on our mission in England, we, we, we were over 200 missionaries and we wanted them to have a new sort of facet of Christ to think about each Sunday in our worship service. And so we, we wrote 52 little sort of meditations that each focus on a different aspect of Christ. Like the one for this last week was on his physical stamina. And I think the one for this coming week is on his, his calmness, his serenity. And so we put one of those on Instagram each each week. Well, uh, I think you should mention the name of the Instagram in case somebody's interested in Richard Linda Iyer. Just Again, all strung together. And I know you yeah. said that, but at Richard um, Linda Iyer. That's our name. We have a name. It's just one name for both of us. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Linda Iyer. Sometimes it's Linda Richard Iyer. However, I had a <laughs> an Instagram for years and then suddenly with my surgery last year I just stopped yeah, and so you picked up the ball. Yeah. And have been doing that and it's fun for me to see what's going on in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one way to communicate with your spouse is just follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Linda, here's the thing. I'm going to lead into this. Linda, Linda's giving a, a talk or a speech uh, this weekend in church. And uh, I did last week and, and we... Well, let me, I should say it first, our listeners should know, <laughs> we used to speak over a hundred times a year. COVID came along and that ended that. <laughs> Most of what we do now is just online. But, but Linda has given a speech in church this weekend, and, and it's a beautiful topic by a wonderful kind of a hero of ours. But before we get into it, I want to say one thing in introduction. Um, do you ever feel, Linda, like, 
maybe we sugarcoat this podcast too much and we're always talking about, oh, we had the greatest time with our grandkids and isn't life wonderful and don't you just have a wonderful day today? And maybe we're not real enough. Sometimes maybe we don't mention all the problems, all the difficulties, all the things we have to have patience with, all the things that are not right in our lives. Yeah, which kind of gets us to the title of this talk that I'll be speaking on. It's called Waiting on the Lord. Waiting. Waiting is a heavy word. Having patience. It is really interesting uh, how we could not have had in our wildest dreams the the thoughts of what would happen to us when we got married 52 years ago and how often we would have to wait and now we see that our children are waiting on the Lord in so many ways too in so many ways and by the way just on that last thought before you get deep into this subject Linda the most the most loved book that Linda has ever written to parents to moms is not prescriptive at all it doesn't tell you anything to do it doesn't it just tells about how tough life is at our house. And the book is called... I Didn't Plan to Be a Witch. Because I did not plan to be a witch. But man, about every other day, I turned, put on my black hat and got out my broom and, and became a witch with our poor children who endured me through all those And your years. poor husband. And your poor husband, exactly. But, let, but you make a good point, Linda. We, we wait... I mean, is that a good thing? We're wait- I guess that's patience, right? You, you want things to happen. They don't happen like you want them to. Problems come up with each child, with each relationship, with finances, with so many things. Uh, I guess it's about patience. It really is. And there are so many different ways to wait for the Lord. And some people are better at it than others. And some people have to do it more than others. I mean, you see so many people whose lives just seem like, you know, strawberries and cream. You know, everything just works together. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure it doesn't in every case, but some people do have so much more difficult things to deal with in their lives. Yeah, I just, this, by the way, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to be cheering Linda on tomorrow, but I have read this. It's a talk by a man named Jeffrey R. Holland. If you're a member of the same faith as us, you know him well. But just like the one we spoke about last week on the podcast, Neil Maxwell, these are two brilliant, articulate leaders. And uh, I've just, just to lead in for you, Linda, I was going to say what you just said about the families. What, what uh, Elder Holland says is, I am not now speaking of pandemics or prisons which are things we need patience with, obviously. But of you, your family, your neighbors who face any number of challenges, I speak of the yearning of many who would like it, who would like to be married and aren't, or who are married and wish the relationship were a little more celestial. I speak to those who have to deal with the unwanted appearance of a serious medical condition, perhaps an incurable one who face a lifelong battle with a genetic defect that has no remedy. I speak of the continuing struggle with emotional and mental health and challenges that weigh heavily on the souls of so many of the problems we all have in our families that are really part of life. And they, no one avoids them, Linda. We don't avoid them. No one avoids them. They're just part of life. In the second half, I think I'm going to tell a story um, 
about how amazing um, life is as you watch the generations go by. Because it's been so different for us and for many of our kids as far as waiting on the Lord. Um, We've learned lessons with them. And it's amazing uh, how time uh, goes by and waiting in the Lord means something different to everyone. What does it mean to you before we go to break? What when it's waiting on the Lord? It's a scripture from Isaiah. It's a scripture from several places in the New Testament as well. We're, we're admonished to wait on the Lord. What? What? How, how do you define that? Um, well, I think anybody would agree that it's just when you're praying for something desperately, I mean, not just this, but one of the aspects of when you're praying desperately for something, um, we'd love an instantaneous answer. And sometimes that comes, but so often we wait. And sometimes we wait a lifetime. And sometimes we don't get what we want even when we pass on to the next world. So I, I think that Waiting is just is so good that it's a space, it's a liminal space of time. Interesting. When we can really consider uh, all the options, um, beg, we could beg and plead for answers, and sometimes um, they come right immediately, and sometimes it takes so long, and I think waiting is so hard, especially for some people who are a little bit impulsive, like me. Well, I think a lot of people think of waiting as a passive, sort of awkward, um, dislikable thing. But we're going to try to put a positive twist on it and give some hope to all of us who are waiting for some things we wish we had and may not have for a long, long time. Right. So we are going to... um take a little break here but we are going to talk about some really deep serious things that really do take some waiting on the lord and faith in the lord that the direction that we're going is the right one and i heard you promise a story right when we come out of this break linda so stay with us we'll be right back welcome back to ayers on the road here's richard and linda ayer and we're back on Ours on the Road talking today about patience, about, as the scriptures say, waiting on the Lord, quoting a little from a beautiful speech by Jeffrey R. Holland. And Linda, take it away. You said you had a story. Well, you know, so often um, we make comparisons. We see people who and get what they want immediately, and it's so difficult. So it makes it even harder to wait on the Lord. And sometimes things just come. But I just, I love the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. I think that we really have to remember Ooh, that. Say that again. That's really good. Comparison I'm... is the thief of joy. It's anonymous. Uh, I don't know yeah. who said it. But um, I know many who are listening may have struggled with having children, uh, when we have nine children, you probably think, well, you probably didn't have too much of a struggle. But actually, we did at the end. I was so determined that I wanted to have 10 children, and we just couldn't get number but 10. But that's there. another story. So I know how that feels. <laughs> but I have to stop for a moment and tell you a story about when we were um, in in England. We were um, serving missionaries 200 at a time or just 250 sometimes and we were just a young family we in fact Richard and I were 
young. We thought we were old, but 29, 39, 31, when we got there, we had um, four little children when we left. Then we had a fifth uh, while we were there, but with lots of complications. He was born nine weeks early and, you know, so many hard things uh, with respiration and in the hospital in London. Scariest time Very of our scary. lives. And so, but he, he, it turned out fine through a lot of struggles and a lot of prayers and a lot of blessings. But then came time, time passed, another year, year and a half or whatever it was passed, and we decided it was time for another baby. And, but Richard kind of decided. Wasn't I didn't decide, but I kept having no. this, I kept feeling what seemed like an incongruous feeling because we, we were mission president with 200 young people to watch out for. And I thought the last thing we need is another baby. But I just kept and, feeling. That and, we, and that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can do this because da, 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 you know, so many reasons. But anyway, we just to make a long story short, we had a fast, um, a long fast. Yeah. Uh, and we decided we were really going to um, consider this with the Lord. And I was still pushing back somewhat, but I just really was faithfully fasting. And we sent our children. Saren was our oldest, and she was how old? By then? Like maybe seven six. or eight. No, I think she was seven or so. We sent her upstairs with all the kids and said, "Keep the kids quiet." And Richard, we're having a prayer. Richard said, "We're having a prayer." And <laughs> actually, you said, "Well, we're really trying to decide whether or not we're going to have another baby." So keep the kids quiet, you know. So she was. She yeah, this is it. an important decision. We need some quiet. So right, you're. I mean, maybe she was eight because it seems like a lot to ask. Her. Anyway, you know, keep those little well, she kids was bad quiet. Before we left, so she was going on eight. Okay. Okay. So anyway, when uh, when we started praying, I had the answer of my life. This warm blanket just settled over me, and the Lord just said, "Yes, this is the time. This child needs to come now." And it. To make a long story short, I felt. So happy and relieved and light as air when we got done and we went forward and luckily we were able to get pregnant and luckily Saren came down with all the kids and had passed out papers so that they could vote on whether or not they wanted another baby and all of them had checked yes so <laughs> she conducted her own private public opinion this, poll this sounds crazy <laughs> in, in hindsight but this is the end of the story. That little boy has been such a joy. The Lord promised me that he would. He would be a joy in our lives. He'd be a good baby. I'll send you a good one, he said. You know, <laughs> An easy one. An easy one. <laughs> if that's possible. And so we did do that. And and actually, he was a, a dream baby. But fast forward to him getting married late yeah, to yeah. a woman that was older than he was. Yeah. And then they wanting a family and trying and trying and trying. Yeah, yeah. And then this is a totally different story. They got a beautiful little girl first and then four miscarriages, three failed IVFs, no adoptions uh, able to happen in their lives. They tried so hard, but they live in Switzerland and just did not work. So one child. Yeah. And so I such different of, answers. Such too. different answers. And when I think of them waiting on the Lord, that is a whole different story. That's a whole different they story. They went through so much. And it was just so easy for us. But 
they knew that comparison is the thief of joy and they had to work through that. It was really hard for them to be around their other family members for a long time because everybody had a whole bunch of kids, you know. And of course, this son was dying for a son he could play basketball with. And there were so many, ang- you know, anxieties yeah. And, yeah. and sorrows in their life. But they had learned to wait on the Lord better than anybody I know and now. They are just so happy where they are. That's such a good story, honey. And it's, um, you know, that's illustrated by something Elder Holland says in this talk. Um, He says, so while we work and wait together for the answers to some of our prayers, I offer you my promise that they are heard and they are answered. Prayers are answered, though perhaps not at the time or in the way that we wanted And then I love this little, it's almost sarcasm, but it's so beautiful how he says it. Um, Well, if if this is the case, you might say, shouldn't God's love and mercy mercy simply part our personal Red Seas and allow us to walk through our troubles on dry ground? Shouldn't he send 21st century seagulls winging in from somewhere to gobble up our pesky 21st century crickets? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And that's where the patience has to come in instead. And, you know, Linda, the, the anxiety, I, I don't know, this is not a fully formed thought, but there's some, I think there's more anxiety and depression in the world and even in our faith today than maybe ever before. And I think part of it is the problem we have on waiting on the Lord, the problem we have with patience. We want answers now and when we don't get them and when things aren't solved and when some of the problems we wish we could get out from under just become worse. We, we, there, there can be a tendency to, to lose some of our faith and there can also be a great amount of anxiety that comes. And, and that anxiety is, I think, sometimes the exact opposite of patience and waiting before the Lord. Right. Oh, we are just talking last night with some daughters. It was her birthday, and she was worried about a friend whose children, she said three of her six children are really dealing with serious anxiety. And she said, I talked to another mother, a friend, who my child is dealing with anxiety. Everybody is feeling anxiety, and I do think that is part of waiting on the Lord. Um, Yeah, I do too. It does make you feel anxious sometimes. You can't say, this is not happening, I'm not feeling anxious, because we do feel anxious. But it really is amazing uh, what can happen when we just trust the Lord and know that as promised by Elder Holland, that the Lord knows us, He is with us, He he, uh, cares for us, and he knows our timing. He knows the timing that's best. That's for us. the key is trust in trusting the timing and getting it in your mind that we, you know, we live in this finite world where, oh, we've only got another year. We've only got two years. What have we got? And, and shifting our mentality into eternity. And some of these blessings we're asking for, and this is a tough one. This is a difficult pill to swallow. Some of them will not come for a while. Some of them may not come in this life. Um, I want to read you one more little section. You're the one giving the talk tomorrow, but I just love some of these wordings. We have a tendency to say, Lord, give me all thy choices, virtues, but be certain not to give me grief or sorrow or pain or opposition. 
Please do not let let anyone dislike me or betray me. And above all, do not ever let me feel forsaken by thee or those I love. In fact, Lord, be careful to keep me from all the experiences that made thee divine. And then when the rough sledding by everyone else is over, please let me come and dwell with thee where I can boast about how similar our strengths and characters are as I float along on my cloud of comfortable Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he actually quotes uh, another man who you spoke about last week, Neil Maxwell, yeah. who says, um, Christianity is not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it is really hard. It is hard to live a Christian life. And to go and to wait on the Lord. That's such a great turn of phrase. Christianity is comforting, but it is often not, not comfortable. comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty powerful. Um, and by the way, there is some similarity in what we talked about last week because Elder Holland loves alliteration almost as much as Elder Maxwell. He, he Listen to this little phrase: COVID and cancer, doubt and dismay financial trouble and family trials. When will these burdens be lifted? The answer, he says, quoting the scripture, is, quote, by and by. Comes from the Book of Mormon and Alma. By and by. The answers will come by and by. Maybe now, maybe in eternity. Right. And we just have to keep remembering that it's answers are different for everyone. He says, once you know the Lord will, the Lord's will, you can move forward in faith to fulfill your individual purposes. That's the problem. Is That's the problem. Knowing yeah. the will. Um, he says, one sister may be inspired to continue her education and attend medical school, allowing her to have significant impact on her patients and to advance medical research. For another sister, inspiration may lead her to forego a scholarship to a prestigious institution and instead begin a family much earlier than has become common in this generation, allowing her to make a significant and eternal impact on her children now. Yeah. So yeah. I we think all, that we is so now. insightful because there, our answers are totally different. And wow, how different is that than when we were younger, you know, it was women were all told to just stay home and take care of their children. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and that was just a norm in society as well as the church somewhat. And so I think it is so nice that things are opening up and realizing that waiting on the Lord is really a personal matter. And and you have to decide what he wants for you. By the way, that, that, bird, that wonderful turn of phrase that is the title of this talk and of the speech you're going to give this weekend, honey, wait upon the Lord. It, it occurs many times in scriptures, but probably the, in a way the most prominent and often quoted place is in Isaiah. I think it's the 40th yeah. uh, chapter. Yeah. And, and it's part of that. This kind of ties back to what we said at the first. We we're talking about our favorite movies. We should never forget on that list, maybe our all-time favorite, Chariots of Fire. And uh, that it's that same scripture, wait upon the Lord. He will renew their strength. And they shall mount, mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's that beautiful line by the Scottish runner in Chariots of Fire who, who quotes that, that scripture about the power that comes when we're willing to accept God's will 
rather than our own. And we're willing to wait to see how it all plays out. Right. Not wait passively, but wait faithfully. Yeah. Well, just in closing, because our time's almost gone, I think there are three things that we can do um, if we're while we're waiting. And one is to feel, like, feel the reassurance, reassurance of, that God loves us, that he's there, right. that he's aware of us, and so on. The second one is really interesting. Record your feelings when you're in these situations. Oh, I like that, when you're down. And so that you can remember how you felt, and then you see the blessings. And remember, we used to have a little yeah, we still uh, do. prayer notes. We yeah. used to take prayer notes when we were asking the Lord for things. And then we've gone back years later and seen how and seen how they were answered. I'm glad you remembered that. We need to share that with our children. Requests we'd made in prayer, and it didn't seem like they were ever going to be answered. But now, looking back over the years, we see how the answers right. came. And third is just to have faith, just to believe that he loves you, that he knows you, that he, this waiting time is for a reason. And I think that is, that is just pure faith yeah. that it, something's going to happen, but, oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Well, we love you all as listeners and we, we appreciate that all of us are waiting for some things and some of us have waited a long time and that's a powerful thing to wait on the Lord and to keep our faith strong and to remember that our perspective is so limited compared to God's perspective. Right. And just as a little tidbit, and we'll talk a little bit more about this next time, if you want to fill your life with joy and you have preschoolers, think about joining Joy School. Go to joyschools.com. It's Joy School season. We've been thinking about it all week. And sometimes yeah. you can fill your life with little children and the joy that's there with them. So Joyschools.com. Put yeah. an S on it. I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll end with that, Linda. But our son, Josh, who manages Joy Schools, has figured out a whole new model. And, and it's it's cheaper now than ever before to have to do joy school with your children yeah. joyschools.com 9.99 a month and you can't beat that for some amazing thing experiences with little children have a good week we appreciate you and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the road bye bye